Ladies and gentlemen, I'm back. We're back. It's the Lady Dynamite After Show here on AfterBuzz TV. Today we're covering Episode 7, Josue, and Episode 8, A Vaginismus Miracle. Stay tuned. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, AfterBuzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. It's beginning to look a lot like vaginismus. <laughs> Here's the crazy thing. I looked it up, you guys. Vaginismus is an actual thing. No way. Yes way. I was like reading an AV club Jose. review. Like, he's telling Jose. the ladies. <laughs> I know. Please inform us. mansplained us I'll mansplain what vaginismus is. Vaginismus is when a woman is working and not making enough sandwiches. So No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, it is a real like thing. <laughs> it's a real thing, though, when the muscles legitimately... Like they I clamp do, up. They clamp up. It's like in Thirty Rock. Remember when Liz Lemon can't? Did you guys watch that show? Some not off that often. Yeah. There's an episode yeah. where Liz Lemon has the same thing, and I always thought it was a joke. And I was reading that vaginismus is a legitimate muscular thing in a woman's lady parts. Vagina. Well, thanks for doing that research for You're us. You're welcome, guys. <laughs> I don't know if I still fully believe it. I know. <laughs> no offense. Wi- Jeff. Well, Wikipedia said it's true, so. Obviously. Um, um, ladies and gentlemen, we'll stop talking about female anatomy. Actually, eventually. Uh, no, we'll, we're not. I, we're no, going to be back to the whole show. Uh, this is Lady Dynamite After Show. I'm Jeff Graham, your lead host. We missed you last week, but this panel held it down. Welcome back, Jeff. Thank you. I missed you guys a lot. Missed you. But it was great. You guys did an excellent, excellent job, and I wish I could have been there, stop. but I was sitting on a beach in South Carolina, so Whoa. that was okay. Um, so today we're covering episode seven, Josue, and a Vaginismus Miracle episode eight. But before we do that, I would love it if you two wonderful ladies would introduce yourselves. Oh, for sure. My name's Tamara Brown. You can find me on Twitter at Brown Tamara or on Instagram at Tamara underscore blue. And I'm Kelsey Hightower, and you can find me on social media at, at Kels Hightower. All right. So I am very curious to hear both of your thoughts on these two episodes. Tam, go for it. Um, I, I did not love Josue episode, what is it, seven? Mm -hmm. As much as the previous ones, um, and maybe we can talk about it when we get there, but just the, the, um, Maria as the, um, what's the click, what's it called? Oh, checklist. Checklist. Yeah. Um, her, the spokesperson when she's down in Mexico, uh, didn't love that part. Yeah, it was, um, well, Kelsey, you go first and I'll... Say okay, I um I I like both these episodes. I I like how they're building on each other. Mm-hmm. I think I like that part about them. Um, I am getting more in tune to like you know getting the Duluth um, bits down mm-hmm. and the past and the present. So I'm following. Um, but they're not throwing as much at us, you know, as mm-hmm. much craziness. It's mm-hmm. a little tamer, yeah. I think. These, these two, two were episodes. a little bit more subdued. Yeah, maybe the content. Maybe that's what it was. Not as tame. Maybe that's what it is. I but the style, you know, is more relaxed. More yeah. understandable, more consumable. There you go. It's funny. I agree with you some. Palatable. Palatable. Mm-hmm. How would she say? Palatable. Mm-hmm. I can't really do the right. Palatable. That's actually I, that's great. Good. I, yeah. I don't think it... For me, it wasn't, though. It, for I me, know. it wasn't palatable because seeing... Um, we've seen various sides of Maria and various ways that she thinks of herself when she's in a manic state and when she's in her like childlike state. And when she's um, feeling, you know, depressed, we've seen just, like, these different aspects of her personality. But that scene where she's, like, instructing the class Mm -hmm. in Mexico, I didn't feel that that was 
any part characteristic of her in any way, and it took me out of the game. Yeah, that one I was a little confused about. I'm excited to talk about that, because I didn't really understand if she was being sarcastic or if she was just trying to express her own ignorance about it. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I'm with you on that. Yeah, along with what you guys are saying, I really liked both episodes, for the most part, but they were kind of different, and I, um... Yeah, some of the jokes in the Josue episode, and I don't really get offended, but I... Mm -hmm. I sort of had trouble seeing the com like there was a lot of pedophilic jokes like I felt like pedophilia and that was the other thing I really yeah. it's been I feel like it's been done to death mm-hmm. like and especially in like all aspects of it like yeah. the especially um the name touching touching the child touch the children touch the children yeah. it's the accidentally perverted sounding you know, insinuation, like it's, I, I, you can, I don't know. I, I Murray Bramford's a genius. Um, uh, the, it, I'm blanking on his name who wrote this episode, but I just felt that that was a joke you saw coming. Was that Kyle McCullough? Was it Kyle, the, yeah. Kyle, yeah, wrote this episode. Um, I just, that, that like accidental, uh, pedophilia, um, innuendo is, it's, you see it coming, like you. Yeah, it's, it's not. It's not. It may new. be overdone a yeah. little bit. I feel like misnomers are such a Mitchell Hurwitz thing. Like in Arrested Development, we had like skip churches and miss temples and all these jokes. And actually, both the tight spot and touch the children felt a little on the nose. I think for what we're used to mm-hmm. with these like funny subtle misnomers, but um, yeah, I I and think I, and I do like that it was never called out. I like mm-hmm. that they were never like, wait a minute, what what's the name of the organization? Like, right. it was never called out. So I don't know if that made it better or worse. Maybe it should have been called out to be like, isn't this a little a little on the nose, you know? But yeah, um, then maybe Bruce could have been like, what are you talking about? I don't see it at mm-hmm. all. Like, or, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm not sure, but I I just felt that. Uh, it was a little beneath them, to be frank. Hmm, I hear you. Especially for such a smart show. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting. One thing you guys said was you felt like the episode was a little more subdued. I feel like the past that we got in Miss Miracle was so much. It was kind of the first time we've seen Maria totally cut loose. And like we see her in the doctor's office and with the Zwim Gym. And that was almost a little much for me. I kind of had trouble tracking what was going on. Like, obviously, it was her breakdown, mm-hmm. but, like, thematically, I was having trouble putting together, like, why are these swim gym things? Like, is it just so crazy? I don't know. The swim gym things? The Those, swim... The, the swim gym. Oh, swim, oh, oh swimming the, and working out. The big, out. like, um, inflatable right. suits. Right. Mm-hmm. I just was having trouble with it a little bit, but... Mm-hmm. I don't know. Should we just dive in and break it down? Let's, let's dive in and break it down. Yeah. I, I feel like I'm walking on eggshells because, like, I love this show mm-hmm. so much, but didn't love this episode. So, like, I feel like I'm trying to, like, not hurt the show's feelings. But, like, I, um, yeah, there was a lot of things about it that I was like, oh, really? That's the direction you went. Okay. The thing that I like is the show is taking such big risks mm-hmm. that I feel like I would rather have a show take huge swings and maybe not always knock it out of the park then play it really safe. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure, like, a show like this, I feel like the episodes sometimes vary so much that it probably makes sense that some people would cherry-pick a little bit which ones they love. Mm-hmm. Which is, I think that's great. It kind of shows that the show is taking risks, and obviously this show is not a conventional show. No. So um, let's talk about episode 7, Josue. Josue. Um, <clears throat> we jump into Bruce's office, as we often do at the beginning of these episodes, and we find out that, of course, they're raising money for this charity, Touch the Children, and he wants to get Maria a seat. 
Um, but instead, the way she can contribute to the charity is to do stand-up. Um, one thing that was interesting was I felt like this version of Bruce wasn't really a Bruce that we've seen throughout the rest of the season. No. Because, like, I feel like at the beginning, Bruce was, like, really on Maria's team and maybe not incredibly competent. Mm-hmm. But there's this whole, like, where's the check thing? Yeah, you're right. Uh, trying to... Um yeah, use her a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I was wondering if he was just incompetent or, like, if we might see that he's, like, embezzling her money. Or mm-hmm. I doubt it's going to mm-hmm. go that far, but it just felt like a different Bruce a little bit. I could see that. I could see that. That didn't strike me, but now that you mention it, yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's true. Um, side note, uh, it turns out her real manager's name is Bruce. Really? Oh, really? So, yeah, uh, I, hmm. I heard somebody talking about that. So, like, um, I guess that's why they didn't name him when the first episode. I was like, why didn't they just name him Burt Bacharach? Because yeah. maybe... Name's Bruce Bacharach. To do I a bet. Bit of the- I bet to be true to her, they chose Bruce, and they mm-hmm. thought what would be a funny last name, and yeah, then, yeah. then Bacharach mm-hmm. is perfect. Um, so we meet Josue in this scene, and what did you guys think of this Josue character overall? Anything yeah. jump out? Nothing particular jumped out. I mean, he is you know one of those. I don't know. It's fun because you got to see some of their racial play with it, you Mm -hmm. know, with Bruce and his ignorance as far as that goes. Um, But he is... It was interesting that at the end, I don't want to do a spoiler, but, you know, that he's sort of falling in love with Maria Mm -hmm. and not the other way around, I guess. Um, But it was interesting to kind of see that role being played out, I guess, through this episode, which, I mean, like, I, the jokes around it, like, I I can see how you imply that, and that was funny, but as far as him to, like, fall in love with her, too, Mm -hmm. I thought that was interesting, and I don't know if it was too far-fetched. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about that last scene, because it was kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, Another thing that interested me when we see Josue here is we go outside, and he is vandalizing the wall, and Mm -hmm. we learn that he's also a drug dealer later in this episode. Yeah. Were you guys surprised they chose to take this, like, minority character and make him a thug? I was surprised he he was a drug dealer, because I was like... He, you can't deal weed anymore. Like it's not a viable business <laughs> in, in Southern California. Yeah. You can't. You. It's. I was like, he wouldn't. And and what did he give her? Like a wad of like fifteen hundred, fifteen thousand. Yeah. I was like, you certainly wouldn't be making that much. Like that's that's. Gosh, little, that's very true. That's a little nineteen ninety six of them to be like. You know, maybe maybe <laughs> then he would have. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I kept waiting for I kept waiting for this joke that Maria does in her stand up. Um, I don't think I don't I'm not sure if it was ever on one of her albums, but I but she's done it live a few times about because in the episode she keeps saying like kids hate me, kids hate me. She was doing this bit for a while about kids in her neighborhood and like talking to her neighborhood kids and um, and the the all I remember is that one of the the neighborhood kids would be like my mom's gonna kill you <laughs> and she'd go. My mom's gonna kill you. <laughs> and um, uh, I was yeah. waiting for her to use that sort of like joke uh, that use, using that in, into the episode where like because that bit is so non stereotypical. Mm-hmm. It's just weird and funny, like Maria is. Yeah. So um, I thought the character Josue and yeah, the little things like that that they used to characterize him were a little bit stereotypical. I know what you mean, and I was trying to figure out if there was, like, by being stereotypical, they were actually being subversive kind of thing, because the show mm-hmm. sometimes does that, but I personally had trouble, like, grabbing on to what made Josue different. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and like maybe I just wasn't seeing it the way they wanted me to, or maybe I'm not smart enough to see it. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I just was hoping there'd be some kind of. I guess the twist where he really was in love with Maria did mm-hmm. surprise me very oh, much. So I, I did love the part where uh, where he both the the boys are speaking Spanish. Are they in like oh, the yes. studio? The recording yeah, in the recording studio. studio. Yeah, and and one and and he's like and Josue is like. Um, like well, mental illness is a serious thing that we shouldn't, you know. Stigmatize. Yeah, like like I loved I loved that exchange. That was great. Calling her crazy yeah. and then defending her and being on her side. Oh, she's just crazy, you know. Mental illness is a serious thing. Let's, let's yeah. not yeah. say that about her or something. And the whole like bipolar dose thing, I thought was pretty funny once we met his parents. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, I do like this version of Maria. I think like Maria is bad with kids. It's such a funny kind of juxtaposition because mm-hmm. she's so sweet. That you'd think someone with her, like, kind of sweet, sunny personality um, would be great with children, but mm-hmm. she just has no intuition of how to engage. Mm-hmm. I think. She finds them intimidating, I think. Yeah, yeah I'm sure very she finds scary, them. Yes. Especially with someone with anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do love when she's talking to them, trying to connect, and she says, Where is it? Oh, do you have sport? Is her question when she's trying to talk to Hoseway. <laughs> she did like the skin. Didn't she say, and their skin covering their bones? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. She, she said that with, um, when meeting Graham's children the last episode, right? Yeah, yeah I she love did. children yeah, and their skins and, and their bones. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There were a lot of callbacks in these two, which I appreciated. Yeah. Um, so this is interesting. This is when we dive into the past, and this is the Maria that you kind of had trouble with. Um, this was Maria at the Checklist Factory Employment Training Center, where she's kind of accidentally very racist. Very racist. Mm-hmm. In which I just don't believe that that's Maria. Like, this mm-hmm. is a version... This is the first time in the show that we see a version of Maria that I don't believe is any realistic version of her. Mm-hmm. That's true. And you know, again, not that like I'm pre- not that I know her personally in right. any way at all, and could say speak to that. But you know, it just it just struck me as like this is uh, an unlikable side that doesn't seem to to. Um, mesh well with the rest of what we've seen. And there was kind of a perfect moment for her to kind of be real with us and, like, turn, I guess, and, like, explain, like, why she was being racist whenever um, the two gentlemen were sitting there and she was like, who died over here? And they were like, my brother died on the checklist floor. And then she was like, oh, devil papers, you know, and she just, like, ignores it Uh and just keeps going about her business. I wish that she would have opened up there a little bit and been like, oh, am I working for a terrible corporation? Because, like, that's how I feel like she's trying to express oh. this the whole time. Okay, wait a minute. I just thought of something. Yeah. Go on. Um, maybe, because sometimes it takes me a little while to realize when the show... Uh, we talked about one of the last episodes how Maria's interpretation of what really happened... We're seeing Maria's interpretation of what really happened, not what really happened. Right. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I miss that. Mm-hmm. This must have been an interpretation of what Maria felt that happened. Interesting. Not what really... like Because she feels so guilty working for yeah. Checklist and stuff like that. Like, this is what she feels like she did. Like, yeah. she just ignored everything. Mm-hmm. Like, the evil corporation, almost. Yeah. Yeah, like her, her recreation that of her That makes more past. sense to me. Mm-hmm. What's interesting, though, is... you. The thing that kind of seems to go against that, though, is that, like... I feel like whenever she sees this past version of herself, there's still some guilt... Where she's like, oh, your brother is dead. And, like, I feel like she just seems so ignorant of everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. It's With the show, you never really know what you're seeing. If yeah. you're seeing reality, if you're seeing Maria's reality, or if you're seeing... Because especially with jumping through time so much. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny. I watched this episode twice. The first time, I kind of had the same reaction of, like, oh, like, this isn't 
the really brilliant, necessarily, Maria I'm used to. But the second time, it did play funnier to me. Like, I think maybe it was that she felt such a loyalty to Checklist, Mm -hmm. because it had paid for her house and really launched her career, that she really couldn't see. She was totally blind to the power structures that were in place. Yeah, I don't I don't see I I don't see her being like that. Mm-hmm. Like but then for, yeah, I, yeah, for her to go down to Mexico and then like see these people and teach in a classroom, it's like I don't know, you're right in front of it. But I mean, then again, it's her perspective what she's putting on it. So maybe maybe it is kind of what we're saying. I it's so hard with this uh TV show cuz I love what they're doing and I love that they're bringing new um styles and good thoughts and like we're getting to see you know, inside of Maria's brain, but then it's hard to know, like, what's real and what's not. And mm-hmm. I wish that there was, like, some way to be able to have them come back and, like, be like, and this is how, this was just how I was feeling, or, you know, this is, you know, what you. it is. It's so, it's kind of a double-edged sword, yeah. because mm-hmm. the show is so brainy and crazy that it's beautiful. Like, mm-hmm. I love that we don't always know. I think if, I hope there's a second season, obviously. I'm really, mm-hmm. really hoping right. it gets renewed. It might be fun if there was a little more conventionality next season. Because I think Arrested Development, obviously, lots of comparisons to that show, to me was the perfect balance of, like, surreality grounded in kind of the traditional beats of a sitcom. Uh-huh. I think it might be nice to get a little bit those of more of those in the future. Maybe. But I don't know. Um, I'm feeling more and more confident in my, that, that, that scene in Mexico was Maria's interpretation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm sticking with that, because it made me like, the, that. that makes me feel a little bit better about... Maria's character in this episode right. and, and the episode in general. Like, yeah. I, I, yeah. That's I, what I'm going with. I can see it. Guys. I can see it too, especially <laughs> yeah. if someone with so much n- neuroses and anxiety. Mm-hmm. That because is, yeah. her whole neuroses, her whole neuroses and anxiety, it's all based on so, too sensitive. Mm-hmm. Like too much, she almost has too much empathy for right. things and too mm-hmm. much concern and too, and she worries and it's all about like the the sympathetic side. Like I, it just doesn't make sense that she would ever be that person, yeah. uh, the checklist spokesperson teaching that class. So I I could see that. Yeah, It just makes more sense to me that that was an interpretation of how she felt she was being or something And that like makes that. me feel better about it, too. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. I like it. Um, so then we actually... Shot in a different way, or is there any color alteration or anything? Yes. N- uh, mm, is there? Well... Well, okay. I don't know that there was any color alteration with it. Yeah. Not specifically. It is interesting, James. There's three timelines in the set. This is our producer. I'm talking to mm-hmm. for those who are listening in. Um, it's God. It's God mm-hmm. in the booth. Um, the There's like three timelines, and the middle timeline kind of has this blue saturation. I've also noticed that I think she's always wearing red when we go to her in the past. I'm mm. just going to bring up in the sixth sense every time the... Uh, Pause for producer. Every time he's like around a ghost, they're wearing red. Uh-huh. So really? Like, uh-huh. In the sixth sense? Yeah. Yeah. It's so been a like while. Little things like that could be like the editors telling you this mm-hmm. is a dream or like this really isn't real. Mm. Okay. So if she's always wearing red, maybe it's her imposing the checklist Nazi. This on... episode was directed by M. Night Shyamalan. I don't know if you guys knew that. <laughs> Notice that. Oh, that's funny. Um, okay. So <laughs> I would love that if they secretly like tossed in a, direc- a director. No, well, just like, a, just some crazy director was able to, like... David Lynch. Lars von Trier. Yeah. Maybe next season. Um, so we get to see this factory, and this was a dark scene. Like, with the yeah. frog, Terry Eight. What was the frog's name? Oh, I have too many notes. 
Trabajito, the frog. Oh, Trabajito, yeah. Oh, that was mm-hmm. very scary. This is kind of unsettling. I like yeah. wasn't finding myself laughing a lot, which is totally fine. But yeah, this was a strange, especially dark exploration of Maria's psyche, mm-hmm. um, which is okay. And then we jump forward, and this was actually funnier than I'm used to. You know to. what? I, I almost wonder, like, I, w- I wish we weren't all white. Um, God, <laughs> if I had a nickel for every time I said I wish I wasn't white. But I wish we weren't all white, because we all are probably interpreting this episode with the same white guilt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, like, I wonder what if, you know, like, is it, what's the converse side of that? So, yeah, there like, might be more comedy yeah. that we could relate to if we had more experience <laughs> as minorities. Or we were more diverse, you know? Yeah. Where's yeah. our panels? Sorry, guys. <laughs> You're stuck with us. Um, so this Duluth mm-hmm. storyline, this, this was the first time I feel like the darkness of the Duluth version of Maria was kind of um, integrated with some real comedy. It's this um, pirate, this maritime museum. What did you guys think of this whole thing? Kelsey, let's start with you. Okay. Um, so it was interesting to see, finally, Susan is getting crazier and crazier. <laughs> um, and she finally cracked everyone else. So they're shooting, and um, everyone's like, we can't take enough. We can't take you, Susan. Um, we are protesting. We're walking off the stage. We're not going to do this. And then Susan was like, oh, that's how you feel? Okay, I will. Wait, Maria, you must say this. you know. And she like pressures Maria <laughs> to like tell her that... She's not good, and um, she wants her to leave, and Maria just can't do it. And I do love the comedy that she brought in there, that she was saying um, that, um, you know, sometimes in life you can, you just need to let your friends go or, like, distance yourself from some people. And then she was like, and this is not one of those times. I just couldn't do it, you know? And so I feel like we've probably been in that situation as well. So that was... from for this scene that made me come back to Maria and like relate to her a little bit more, but I'm just still cheering for her to like let that friendship go, you know? know, like be strong and like, say no, stand up for herself. Yeah. But Do yes. you guys think we will see a Maria and Susan so. come to a head? I don't think we're ever going to see her. I think that's the point: is yeah. that her her neuroses and stuff keep prevent her from standing up for herself mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah, I don't think we'll see that. Did you guys notice? I want her to. Yes. You absolutely want her to, to, to the point where you're screaming at your TV like it's a football game. But yeah, did you right. notice this episode? <laughs> Susan's last name is Bieber. I did. <laughs> I didn't so even funny. notice that. Yeah, I thought that was great. <laughs> That's funny. Um, it was fun to see Susan do like the Minnesota version of like, yeah. of, like when she goes, Razzmatazz and Rudy Toot Tootie. This is the Duluth Historical Maritime Museum. See, like I just yeah. It was it was almost like well because for with with Maria and Mo Collins both just they're both such expert like imp- impressionists. Uh-huh. You know, I think they were like purposely because when Maria was started out doing her version of the commercial, like it kind of dipped into Irish for a little yeah. bit and then it went back to Minnesota. It was kind of going all yeah. around the place. I think she was doing that on purpose. Yeah, it was very it was, like, subtle. Yeah, it, this I really liked. This scene and it was um, fun to see Maria kind of back to who we're used to. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we jump and there's this whole subplot with Gordo Gonzalez, the comic. How did you guys interpret? Did you guys kind of get like a Gabriel Iglesias or like Pablo Francisco? Uh, um, yeah. yeah. I well, I'm not as big of a comic guru or know as much as you do about this, but I definitely could see that. I was like, oh yeah, I've seen I've seen this like stand up before. Yeah. Like I know there that there's a character that they're relating this to, you know. As yeah, far as that goes. And um, I know Joe Nunes who who played uh, Gordo in this episode, and um, the I I assumed it was like Gabriel Iglesias, fluffy. Mm-hmm. Um, is kind of the way that they were leaning with it. But 
Um, we keep seeing this recurring theme of sort of like Maria's comedy versus like I have the inclination to call it lowest common denominator comedy. Mm-hmm. Like in in her flashback to working in an office, and there was the guy yeah. that yeah. was doing all the like voices and stuff. Yeah. And that's then, what she said. Jokes. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. And then um, the meeting, the meeting with um, the the teenage girl who was doing a comedy contest yes. at her high school, and she was like, "You're not funny." Basically, every time somebody tells Maria, "You're not funny." It's it's sort of like pointing out this like her comedy versus mm-hmm. popular top forty comedy, you yeah, know, mm-hmm. like it's it's sort of always sort of slight like poking fun at what is popular humor, you know. I think you're right, and actually, what I'm noticing is that is a very fresh way that the show in, integrates her stand up. Mm-hmm. That was a huge question in the first show: is you're a stand up with a sitcom? How do we do it? And it never works. The The bit is that every time she tries stand-up, it fails miserably. Whereas in every other trope of a show like this, stand-up is the only place where these central characters feel safe. Mm-hmm. So that's an, a really effective way to freshen the formula, I think. So that's a great observation, Tamara. Thank you. You're very smart. <laughs> You're welcome. You're very smart. You're so smart. I'm not. I like <laughs> fart jokes. <laughs> Um, yeah, so you, that's another question I had. How do you guys feel about this, like, lower, lowest common denominator comedy? Does it ever work for you guys? Mm-hmm. Or? I, I wish I was better at it. Like, I need to learn lo- a little bit more. Or I would be a little bit more successful of a comedian if I <laughs> could incorporate more of that general... And I, and that's not to say, like, oh, I'm you know, I'm so highbrow. I'm not at all. It's just you have to learn... I personally feel a combination of, you know, you want to make a 16-year-old boy laugh Mm -hmm. just as much as you want to make somebody who is your exact demographic laugh. Like, it's easy easy for me to make, um, like... Women, metropolitan women laugh right. because they're in the same demographic as me. But, like, you know, I want to learn to... You, anyway, like, it's just, like... I, 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 that's why I always notice those parts because I'm, I'm always just, like, oh, I don't think that's comedy's funny, but I still need to, like, learn how to do it, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, and the show's kind of asking those questions, too. It's, it's fun to see Maria struggle through that exact same kind of conundrum. Um, so we finally get this last scene... And, um, so there's all these jokes about touch the children, and Josue's mom is like, I can see that you are attracted to my son. This was actually, I thought, very, very funny, because Maria's like, no, I'm not at all. And then she panics that by saying that, she's sounding racist. So she starts to, like, kind of talk about how Josue is attractive. And I think she says, um, oh, man, what did I do? Where is this? Uh... Man, I thought I wrote this down. I think she says he has very stable, soft hands. <laughs> but I don't think that's exactly what... I'll have to look it and up. she talks about his muscles. Yeah. I mean, it was, well. like, a little uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, of course, um, we find out that Josue was actually into this. Mm-hmm. What did you guys think of this as the as our out, as our button on the show? As the, tw- the turn that you mentioned earlier. Yeah, I... Okay, I appreciate a good turn and a good surprise, but I don't know that it was believable. But then again, like, is the show supposed to be believable or not? Right. You know, is the other thing. Um, so, yeah, I liked I liked that he was a drug dealer and we didn't know that, um, although it was very stereotypical. Um, but I do like that he pulled out a big wad of cash, even though you were saying, like, that's not realistic either. <laughs> you know, like, no way, maybe in the 90s. Um, but I, I don't know about the twist about him liking Maria. Mm-hmm. 
I don't really know. I could it was see surprising. Him, I could see, yeah, I could see him being more attracted to her as like a mom because he was like sticking up for her and being like, oh, sweet Maria, you know, but not to like sleep with her, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I hear you. I think I think I missed a reference because when he walks away and he puts on the cap and then sort of walks into the mist, I felt like they were referencing some like scene from a movie and I wasn't getting it. I wondered if so, it was just like, rather than being a specific reference, just kind of like the old timey, like the man, like a film noir almost. Uh-huh. Or like 80s movie. It could yeah. have been, but I think it was like an 80s, because it was almost recognizable to me. I didn't know. I was like, was that big? Is that how big ends? <laughs> or was it, um, I wasn't sure, but maybe, you know, you're, you're, maybe you're right. Like it could just be like generic, like just, you know, right off into the sunset. But I it, that made me I don't know the thing with the cap and then turning around and in the mist I was it was just a little bit too specific that mm-hmm. I was like what is that a reference to that I don't get? Well, in the comments, let us know if we're yeah. missing it. Um, by the way, guys, we're here every Monday at seven p.m. So join us in the chat um, and rate, like, and subscribe. <laughs> join us in the AOL chat rooms. <laughs> join us in the AOL chat rooms, the message boards, and rate, like, and subscribe us on iTunes and YouTube. Um, <laughs> Cool. So I think we like this episode. Maybe didn't love it like some of the other ones, which is okay. You know, I don't think you, there's no such thing as a season of any show with every episode being an A plus plus plus, which is totally fine. And you know what? Again, with this show, some people might have loved this episode. It's a specific yeah. show. So, um, any other thoughts on Josue before we move on? Josue. 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 I just like the name. I, I'm glad they went with that. Yeah. I did too. It was like it could have been Jose. Well, no, it was Josue. One thing I did miss about this episode is actually um, no Dagmar, Marissa, or Karen. I know. So that kind of... That was very interesting. It's, yeah, a whole show without them. Another question Or any Karen. Or any, I know. Um, Another question I have regarding that. um, Do you guys like how focused the show? It's singularly about Maria. Like, we don't really have any strong secondary characters. Or, if you disagree, let me know. What are you guys thinking, think? thinking? Yeah, I guess there aren't really any strong. I mean, Bruce, well, Bruce is in every episode. Bruce he's is not, in every episode. He's not really a secondary. It's hard because yeah, we see kind of some characters playing secondary, you know, like to her, but then they go away for a couple episodes. Mm-hmm. So it's it's like you almost have a whole slew of them with her friends, and then Karen and Bruce, and then her boyfriends, but then they disappear and leave us for a while. So yeah, I don't know, but I do like. We need Maria to be the central character and the main focus because there's so much going on that you have to have... At least that's the one um, constant. True. It grounds the show. Mm -hmm. Good point. Your thoughts, Tam? Um, I I guess, yeah, now that you bring it up, um, the other characters are all, like, very camp... Like, they're, they're like, cartoon characters. Mm -hmm. She's a little bit more the only, like, yeah, real character. Yeah, and it's interesting because maybe that's just Maria's perception of the Mm -hmm. people around her, which makes it very interesting. Because I was thinking, like, is anyone on this show nice? Like, Dagmar, I guess. But Yeah, good point. I think Bruce is nice. See, I thought so until... And Graham. Because Bruce was taking advantage of her, though, in Mm -hmm. Host's way. Like, we'll just get you with the charity. Like, I don't know. It was. It's like he almost had a bit of Karen in him in that that episode. And same thing with Graham. Like, he's nice, but he's also... You know, taking advantage, living at her house and mm-hmm. yeah. stuff like that. Um, but he is nice and supportive. Yeah. 
Dagmar, I feel like she's maybe she the truest, you she's know, the truest, You're right. of yeah. the characters. Yeah. Um, I was thinking it would be interesting. We haven't had it yet, and we probably wouldn't, but in a second season, maybe exploring a B story with other characters. Because yeah. we, we haven't seen, like, I don't think there's been a scene without Maria yet. Right. I, th- I, I think I would really like mm-hmm. that, actually. I would, too. Because right now, the A story, B story thing is kind of like past, present Duluth, which mm-hmm. is cool. But, like, it might be fun to, like, watch, like, Dagmar and Larissa, like, go to Disneyland or something. Yeah. Just yeah. to, like, mm-hmm. but it's also Maria's show. I think it might deflate the show. It'd be interesting to explore in one or two episodes down the road. Yeah. Um, cool. Any other thoughts on Josue before we move on? Alright. Not for me. Let's no. talk about a vaginismus miracle. Um, quick thoughts on this episode before we dive in. Anything we... Um... I'm, nothing jumped out nothing uh, immediately out. as a feeling about this episode. Um, yeah. No, let's just... Let's go yeah, for it. Let's just it. go into it. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Um, okay, so when we dive in, we learn immediately... First of all, this is, to me, one of the weirdest opening scenes we've had in the show. We've had some weird stuff in this show. Yeah. This is Larissa doing this kind of oil massage thing. Um, and she's talk- they're talking about how sometimes it can get kind of tight down there. Mm-hmm. And when it happens... For Larissa, she jams a cat paw up there, was mm-hmm. what she says. But it turns out it's just her friend cat paw. Oh, that reminds me of something. Okay, so I was listening to... <laughs> speaking, oh, that's just, speaking of... Speaking cat of cat paws, paws in the vagina. Yeah. yeah. Um, the other day. I was about to say that there's several scenes that just um, get a little bit... Uh, uh, like, have, like, a lesbian tone to them, almost... <laughs> And it reminded me of how so Jackie Cation, who was on one of the last episodes where um, it was it was her date episode when she was dating the like serious guy that didn't get comedy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, there was a scene at Maria's house where it was like a bunch of comedians, and but they ended up cutting their lines, and so each of the comedians are pretty well known comedians that were in that scene, oh. but none of them really had lines, and they cut Jackie's line, and they and she said that the line that they cut was something about. Um, they were talking about blowjobs, and 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 I was listening to this on Jackie's podcast, and and then she and Laura Gilmartin, this other well-known comedian, were laughing about like, oh, of course, you know, the male writers, you know, like you imagine, like they love to um, put females in the situation where they're having just a casual conversation about blowjobs mm. and things like that. It's just sort of like the male perception of what women talk about when there's not a male around. So sometimes these scenes, like the like the like the massage thing, or like um, that scene where Karen Grisham, the real estate agent, was mm-hmm. like pushing her up against a wall. Sometimes I'm wondering, like, are those the just this the influence of of you know whatever male writer even though i'm um i remember a lady wrote this episode one of the female producers but mm. anyway there are just there's just like certain things where it puts maria in like this sexual situation and it doesn't seem it seems un um i'm not uncharacteristic cuz she can be sexual but like it's, maybe it's, a male fantasy projection. Maybe a little bit of a male fantasy projection, yeah. Interesting. I wonder if that's actually criticizing, in a way, like when you, those scenes are in there, like the kind of male comedy patriarchy that we yeah. see. Maybe, maybe mm-hmm. it's like almost like this meta... Because it's funny, because 
I feel like every time we start to see those, and I'm speaking from a different perspective, obviously, mm-hmm. but every time we start to see those, I feel like they're kind of subtly subverted. Mm-hmm. But you know what? There was the joke about the fat dick later in the episode, mm-hmm. and yeah. I didn't love it. It didn't... Yeah. I, I mean, it was funny, but just the, even the whole plot about, like, she has to get laid, mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it didn't play super tonally right to me. Mm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about it. I can it. see that. Um... So I I just thought this cat paw joke was like so weird. I was I mean I thought I was laughing yeah. at it, but I was like, what? Like I feel like the writers' room was just like no holds barred in this episode because mm-hmm. we had some really really strange jokes. Um, I did love the out on this scene. Loris is such a bad assistant. She goes, assistant work complete today. It's mm-hmm. like Maria goes out the door. <laughs> yeah, I love Lennon Parham's performance. Is this like weird? It's just such a strange assistant yeah. um, and terrible, obviously. So then we have um, the Fox Lot scene, and we have her audition. <laughs> what do you guys think of this audition? Let's start with you, Kels. Okay, I I did think this was kind of funny. I mean, it was very off-putting because you're like, what is she doing? Yeah. yeah um, and obviously she's in the wrong place, but she goes um, full force with the audition, and then at the very end she's like, wait a second, after she reads it, she's like, am I in the wrong place? <laughs> like, yes. Um, but I do like that this Nibbles character has come out and... <laughs> in all sorts of places um, for the rest of the episode. And I, I, I did like that, you know? I, I did like seeing her do that and nail it. Mm-hmm. I thought it was funny. I thought this was part of the funniest storyline throughout the this episode, so I liked it. That that scene in, in the casting office was the trailer that I saw before the, season, before the series started and a trailer was released. That was the trailer that I saw. Yeah. The trailer and, for Lady Dynamite? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't see that. And it, it, uh, it, it piqued my interest. So that, I mean, that was a really funny scene. I thought so, too. Yeah. Whoever that guest star was who goes, and nailed, nailed it. it, was yes. great. Yeah. That was excellent. She's familiar. I'm trying to remember what she's, she's on, oh, Community, right? You know, Yvette Nicole Brown, I think you're thinking of. Mm. I thought it might have been, but I actually don't think it was. Okay. It's the same, definitely the same. She would have nailed it, I mm-hmm. think. She would have nailed it <laughs> if she had been cast there. But same type for sure. Um, I did love this re- recurring thing of that is so nibbles. Like I thought that <laughs> yeah, was really, I did too. That, that, was that came back a couple. I also times. like this um, audition monkey. Um, yeah, she, she was like, I gotta get the audition monkey off my back, and I felt like that was oh, kind yeah. of relatable to like a very Hollywood thing uh-huh. yeah. to do. And it's like, okay, get in there, do an audition, and then like you can move on and move on with your life and be confident. Kind of with her recurring thing of like trying to gain her confidence right. back. So I did like how she kept playing with the audition monkey on her back. Yeah. It's f- and and then also the and they kept reoccurring the um Vaginismus. Is that the Greek Harvest Festival? <laughs> yes. Greek Harvest Festival. Yes. Um yeah, I it was fun to see Maria audition. It's always fun to s- I think auditions are the thing that unite all performers as just being like the worst most demoralizing thing. Mm-hmm. Like so it was fun to see that. Like the audition monkey and like it's funny cuz there's always just a sense no matter how successful I think you are there's something kind of demoralizing about an audition. Yeah, and it's nice to kind of see that they are they have a hard time with it, too. You know, uh-huh. as these successful right. stars and performers and comedians, it's like, oh, auditions. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's like, oh, they feel pain, too. You right. know, like, they, they go stars, through the same thing. they're just like yeah. us. Yeah. That, stars, that they're felt, just like us. Yeah, that felt very <laughs> true. Um, cool, so then we jump back into Duluth. Interesting note, I think this is the first time we've gone from present to Duluth. I feel like every episode has been mm. present, past, Duluth. This yeah. is present, Duluth, past. Um, but we meet, this is also a strange scene, but I really liked it. We meet um, Kirsten Ride Home, Ride Home. Oh, wait, before we did that, we went to Bruce's, right? Oh, you're right. 
Oh, yeah, 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 because we found out that Amy Schumer got the part. Yes, <laughs> yes, and he did all of the nervous tics. Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to, <laughs> this but great. I just, I no, loved please. that part. I thought that was very funny, because um, it's like, oh, Foxlot, yes, and then he's, like, showing the money, yeah. you know, <laughs> and then the mug, and it's like, you know... Good money. What was it? what did the what did they say? It was um, I don't remember. And then the star of David. Yes, it all said the same thing. Like you did it, or oh, show me the money. That's what it is. Show me the money. And so we're thinking, you know, of course she's got it. And they were like, oh no, you're banned from the Fox lot. You know, <laughs> it's like oh. And they're like, he was like, oh, um, Empire called two hours ago. You didn't get it. It was a hard no. Yeah, but Amy Schumer. <laughs> but it, yeah. Um, but you opened the door for white comedians, Amy Schumer. <laughs> Miss, Miss Amy Schumer. Um, so yeah, then we jump back into Duluth, and we meet this Kirsten Rideholm Rideholm bully. Um, this was a little Melanie weird. Melanie Hutzel. She was great. She first was so of all. good. She was it's so, so funny. It's such a weird emotional roller coaster to be like, oh, she's I, she's being hilarious and doing such a good job, but she's. Such an evil character. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I feel well, that way about Susan and so many of these characters. Everyone, I mean, yeah. everyone besides Dagmar is yeah. pretty vicious. Yeah. Um, and I but, don't really feel that often about like evil characters where you're just like, go away. I don't want to see you anymore. Like, get away from Maria. <laughs> yeah. Um, this was, there were some really, really great lines though. Um, I did like price check on 20 boxes of cooch cream. That might have been <laughs> one of my favorites of the episode. <laughs> um, so yeah, again, we see this very mean, very mean. Like person from her past. Do we think this is probably Maria's perception of this bully? Because it seemed, to me, a little extreme how mean she was to Maria. Yeah, I mean, to call out over the intercom, you know, and embarrass Maria, it's like, yeah. that that's taking it a little far. That couldn't have happened in reality, I wouldn't think. I feel like it would be her perception or, you know, of that situation just when somebody bullies you so much or asks so much about you and it's from your past and you don't want to talk to that person it's just kind of like i feel like that's a lot about it yeah what is happening um definitely well either way we find out that maria might be engaged to the heir of the polaris snowmobile empire (laughs) snowmobile empire so then kirsten is nice again kind Um, of kind Mm -hmm. of um how did you guys think this whole flashback like fit into the themes of the episode I was kind of having trouble. I guess just being passive again, kind of not being direct. Haven't we seen that Christian character before? Maybe. I, I feel like we have, and I, I forgot about it. Maybe it was really brief in one of the flashbacks into one of the Duluth episodes, but I feel like we've seen her before. Do you get? Did you get that at all? I can't remember. I don't remember seeing her, but yeah. I could have missed it. But that, I, no, I actually liked that scene. I liked the Duluth I liked it scene, too. and um. I, yeah, I don't know. It didn't strike me that that was one of Maria's perceptions, but maybe, I mean, I don't even know now. Right. Yeah. I, I, I don't know anything. I'm just spinning in circles. <laughs> right. And it's okay, because, <laughs> me I mean, it, it's fun. The thing Can't is, keep it straight. Yeah. the job of a comedy is to make me laugh, and, like, I did think this was one of the funniest, of these two episodes, this Duluth scene was one of the funniest to me, just because I love the portrayal of Midwestern types. <laughs> it's Kimmy Schmidt does this, too, a little bit. Yeah. Um, and it's been fun to see that kind of as a new trend. Um, so then, this was pretty great. We see Missy Pyle as the life coach, um, Larissa's life coach with the book, <laughs> Keeping It Carol by Carol Simples. <laughs> this is really funny to me. <laughs> um, missed puns. Missed puns. Yes. The, the palander. She's like, you could have gone gallander. And she goes, oh, shit, Carol. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Super funny. Um, 
But I thought this was funny, and the whole going by fortnights instead of going by days. I just yeah. Larissa's incompetency is just escalating. It's escalating so much, and I feel like the incompetent assistant could be played as a cliche and written as kind of boring. But it's not. It's probably partly Lennon Parham's performance. Mm-hmm. But um, this has been fun for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think oh for sure the performances are because I'm usually a person that in any show when it's a, sort of a comedy of errors where it's like. This the main character just keeps getting beat over the head over and over again, and you just want to jump in there and fix everything for him. That usually drives me crazy, but it actually, even though that's like the main theme of this show, is 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 how abused she is by everybody. <laughs> like puts up with this abuse. Um, it it's a little bit more easy to take on this show just because the performances are so great. Yeah. You you can't hate these hilarious people, these characters in her lives. And the show is just so unpredictable. I mean, yeah. like the abuse she faces, we know it's going to happen, but we don't know how, when, or why, mm-hmm. which makes it interesting. Um, so then we jump into the past, and I, to me, this was the first time we see like full on kind of unhinged Maria. What did you guys... Do you guys agree with me? Do you disagree? Remind me of the part? Yeah, you're totally fine. So we jump back, and, like, she fires Bruce, because Bruce was on this, mm-hmm. like, shit-filled cruise, which that's pretty <laughs> oh, cool. Oh, gosh. That, yeah. Do you remember that happening? That was... That was, like, in like, real life? the coast yes. of Italy, and that, that ship capsized, oh, and that the people, yes. were, the people were trapped. They were, like, totally just forgot. saying that he was on that scene. <laughs> oh, I can you see know, him, like, actually, you know, that Bruce being Bruce. there, yes. Yeah, you're right. As abused as Maria yeah. is by everybody so is Bruce he really I mean is. He's, he's he's got such a in this he was like shit on literally in this episode <laughs> um, when you open the door and that like attractive Italian man was that implied that maybe there was some kind of canoodling well his wife wasn't that the same um was that not the same guy that his wife was making uh, out with yeah. in a previous episode I assumed it was maybe yeah. it wasn't no 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 I think you're right um, we also did, really quick, back episode, we did have, like, a Bruce wishing a boy was inside of him joke. So, like, this idea of, like, Bruce's weird sexual perversions has been happening a little bit. Mm. Um, so then we jump back, and um, Maria... No, she, he said, like, I could see myself in that boy. I could see myself in that um, boy. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was just a... To me, that was just one of those lines, like, touch the children, that I was right. just like... Okay, yeah. you know, like we've. I, I mean, we I feel. Again. I feel like I've heard that exact line before in something. I can see myself in that boy. Like I feel like that exact comedy has has been used in something before. Yeah, definitely. Um, which is all right. Um, mm-hmm. so the cruise ship. Okay, yeah. So then we jump back into Karen's office, and she pushes her to fire Bruce, which I think was another one of the funniest scenes in this uh-huh. episode, where she was just like. Hi, Bruce. Yeah. Fire <laughs> him. Pull the plug. You're fired. Click. Yeah, it's really good. It's and Anna Gasser's performance is also just like so yeah. unbelievably unique. Um, but then we start to see this swim gym and this Maria Bamford's pepper step or pepper box, and Karen's really pushing her to get into this commercial stuff. I was trying to figure out if this was pre checklist or if it was because it seems like it's she's first being introduced. Mm-hmm. Into the um, like the world of kind of the commercialization of her brand, mm-hmm. um, and so we go back and we see Maria and Graham, and this whole conversation was just so jacked up. And they try on these swim gyms, and Graham gets hit by a truck. Um, Didn't see that one coming. Not at all. <laughs> um, yeah, this shocked me. And then we jump to the hospital, and we she gets diagnosed for the first time. And to me, this was the first time we kind of see her dealing with her illness. And well, she wasn't really aware of it, but. The first mm-hmm. time the idea of her being ill is introduced to her. Mm-hmm. Am I right, or do we, have we seen it as on the nose as we well, have here? 
I think we've seen different versions of it. I feel like this show is sort of teaching me about mental illness mm-hmm. and that that scene with the doctor it takes sometimes i feel like this show is too smart for me and and, the, and it happens in scenes like this yeah. with the, john daly the doctor in that she's being cre- manic but it takes me a minute to be like what why is she being so weird Oh, she's having an episode. Right. Okay, this the scene is illustrating what it's like to have one of these episodes. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they could easily put, you know, they could put a thing at the bottom that it's like this is what it's like to be, you know, man bipolar and you but that would you know, that would dumb it down. Mm-hmm. You don't need that. Like I think you need to understand what it feels like to all of a sudden be okay. Yeah. And then all of a sudden be manic. You know, like it's yeah. sort of teaching us what what this illness is like. Yeah. That's and, really and true. And normally we see the mental illness part, you know, in Duluth. I think that's when we've seen that type of illness or a mental illness with her. But this is the first time I've really seen um the hyped up craziness. Yeah. And I don't know if that started with her being pushed by um, Karen and then that just like got her fired up and then because from that point on she started being like wild you know and just mm-hmm. like revved up and that's the first time we've. Re- I feel like we've really mm-hmm. seen her like that revved up. That aspect of it because it's, it's almost like Duluth is the depression yes. side and the entertainment maybe the past was that past yes. the doctor and yep. the past is like the manic the like high, high. bipolar side of bipolar and then the present is anxiety it's yeah. like yeah. three different aspects of Whoa. you know everything that's I going know. on is there an inception sound effect on our soundboard James because <laughs> that was a very astute observation that was Aww. Um, cool. So insight, insight. <laughs> yeah. And then we jump back in the present. We kind of have another tone shift. We're at the tight spot, and um, this is this tone to me was almost like meet cute. Like it was kind of sweet watching her flirt with Richard, the security guard. Mm-hmm. Did you guys sense that this is actually like a little adorable? Mm-hmm. Like watching yes. Rhea. And I was like, they would be cute together. Like yeah. this is going well. And he's trying to be rude to her, but he's like, I just. Those, your hair's your hair's just too soft and shiny, and those <laughs> pants just make your backside look too good. Um, it was so innocent, yeah. and oh, it was cute. It yeah. was yeah, like we'd never seen something just like so sweet before in the show. Yeah, I mean, Maria's sweet, but we've never seen like you know a guy or boyfriend be like sweet like Maria. I think. Right? They've either been a bisexual meth addict or gay yeah. or like too obsessed really with fitness boring or, or, boring. Yeah. or ignorant mm-hmm. stunt um, guy. So of course, smart. the first time we have maybe someone who would actually be good for Maria. She only wants him for sex because it's vaginismus, and uh-huh. she needs to get hers. And he's very offended That's by this, which I thought, I thought this was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, so then she goes back, and she's trying to get seduce the waiter because she just needs to get hers for her health. And this waiter is just immediately incredibly misogynistic. And we get this callback to Nibbles, which I thought was awesome. <laughs> Did you guys like this? I like. I liked mm-hmm. it. Um, she said, being a black man, I finally learned to be a better white woman. After doing the Nibbles monologue, which was definitely super funny. That's a good quote right there. I like that. Yeah. Save yeah. that. Definitely one of my favorites of the episode. So then she goes back, and she still hasn't gotten hers, and crisis is going to happen if she doesn't. So she ends up sleeping with the electrician. Were you guys surprised by this? Or... You know, I feel like when we saw her going over to the next door neighbors to the party, we knew that something was going to happen. Mm-hmm. I just, it's like, of course, the bigger electrician, the probably the ugliest guy at the party, you mm-hmm. know, is like, yeah, I can help you fix that. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, they like, you know, sleep together and her problems fall- solved. And then I think my favorite part, so I, I might not have like 
that was kind of predictable but then the next morning when she's like okay bye and he's like let's do it again you know that yeah. that part mm-hmm. it was kind of like okay i liked that it was a little twist on the morning yeah. you know getting him out of there yeah so um i do think my favorite line of the night came here and that's when she sees the party and she thought oh, i wanted to go to that i thought that party was in a fortnight <laughs> it's a really brilliant callback because of the way larissa had been scheduling her yeah. yes um so yeah she ends up getting cured the, elect- the electrician solves her vaginismus problem mm-hmm. um how did you guys feel about the way this episode ended what was the last part of it was so it they just, wake up just in her bed walking away yeah, and he says, we should do it again, and she goes... And she and rolls over, and she's like, mm, and you can go. And he's well, like, I really like, like you. And she, and she says, said, why? why? Oh, yeah, that's And that right. was our out. Yeah, it's because very I Maria. Because I like you. Why? Yeah. yeah, it's very Maria. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wondered... It wasn't the, a clean lesson like we're used to. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it didn't really give you a whole lot of closure at the end, I don't think. It didn't. I kind of wonder if maybe we're getting set up for, like, a mini arc at the end. Like, this is the first time... There's usually a tighter button on these episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So maybe these last four, we're kind of maybe going to see some progression. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I guess that moves... Us, anything else with this episode before we move into predictions? Thoughts? I don't think so. Mm-mm. I love this direction by Robert um, Cohen. I like Rob Cohen. He actually, interestingly, is engaged to the executive producer of Jimmy Kimmel. Oh, oh really? And there was a moment when Karen's like, I got you on Kimmel, so I wondered if that was... Oh, awesome. Oh, I heard that moment. I didn't know the inside of that. I cool. know them a little bit, and they're a very wonderful, lovely couple. So awesome. if you guys ever get a chance to meet Jill Lederman and Rob Cohen, they're the best. Oh. Um, so we'll do some quick predictions. Oh. The green lights. lights. For those of you who are listening on the podcast, we're surrounded by flashing green lights. Um, so again, flashy. predictions for this show, who knows with Lady Dynamite, but anything in general that you guys think we might see? Because we're kind of getting there. Two, yeah. more, two more weeks of after shows, four more episodes. Maybe we'll see um, some, I don't know, break away from Susan and maybe some um, good, maybe some more with um, her friends, with Dagmar Larissa. and Larissa. Yeah. So hopefully we'll see a little bit more of them coming back in the last two episodes and some good friendships forming from that. Mm-hmm. I guess um, maybe we're going to just start to see her get closer and closer to the breakdown and just like more erratic behavior. Mm-hmm. I don't know how she might not get all that destructive like you see, you know, on other shows where characters are self-destructive, but like just more just crazy, manic, like just what just a little bit more feel for for inside Maria's head, mm-hmm. what's going on? Yeah. Um, I like the idea of potentially seeing Susan and her's friendship come to a head, but mm, I guess yeah. we'll just have to mm-hmm. wait. Um, so I guess that's episodes seven and eight. Seven and eight. Wow. Um, guys, thanks for tuning in again. Ooh. I hope you're having as much fun as we are with this show. We're having a blast. We're having a blast. Um, so, yeah, please tune in next week again, 7 p.m. Pacific. You can tune in live, join the chat. If not, you're listening on the podcast. We really appreciate it. Keep listening. Stick with us. We've only got two more. Um, I'm Jeff Graham, you guys. Thanks for tuning in. You guys can find me on Twitter at Jeffrey C. Graham. I'm Tamara Brown. You can find me on Twitter at Brown Tamara. I'm Kelsey Hightower, and you can find me on social media at at Kelsey Hightower. Thank you so much, guys. Bye-bye. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later.
The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.